Greetings, City Church. This is Trevor, and it is time for yet another City Church Together. This is for Tuesday, February 15th. Today in our daily Bible reading, we are in 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. And uh, we're going to do a hear journal through that today. Um, good stuff in here. All right, so here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, we're going to read this whole chapter because there's a big um, theme in here that I want to explore. Here we go. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, announcing the mystery of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the word of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not be based on human wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a wisdom among the mature, but not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. On the contrary, we speak God's hidden wisdom in a mystery, a wisdom God predestined before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age knew this wisdom because if they had known it, they would, have, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived, God has prepared these things for those who love him. Now, God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit, since the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except his spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. But the person... Uh, But the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit because it is foolishness to him. He is not able to understand it since it is evaluated spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything, and yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And that is the word of the Lord from 1 Corinthians 2. Um, I think the best verse to highlight in here is going to be, um, verse 10. So first Corinthians two ten says, now God has revealed these things to us by the spirit and that by that is the Holy spirit. Since the Holy spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. All right. This is a incredibly fascinating, very layered, and beautiful uh, passage that presents a beautiful truth. Um, here's the summary explanation. The summary explanation is, if you are a follower of Jesus, if your faith is in Jesus, he has given you his Holy Spirit, and by his Holy Spirit, there is a way that you not only understand more of who God is, but you also understand a way, uh, this deep wisdom that allows you to act in the world in such a way that um, you have 
the one who created who created that world. You are operating in his mind. Okay, so that's the that's the summary explanation of this. I want to point out a couple of things in this. First, you know, Paul has this. Uh, Paul has uh, is presenting this idea that um, the holy the the Holy Spirit. First, it's it's this is a super trinitarian passage. We have God the Father. We have this. Uh, we have the mind of Christ and Christ crucified, and we have the Holy Spirit all working together um, for the good of the saints and the glory of the triune God. All right. Now Paul starts by saying. When I came to you, um, I de- he says, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Christ crucified. And he says to them, when I came to you, what, what wooed you to God and Jesus was not that I sort of lined up, uh, you know, I, I looked across the table and there was another guy giving a TED Talk and his TED Talk was really good and I needed to make my TED Talk better. So I studied the way that successful TED Talks are given and I went toe-to-toe with the guy who gave incredible TED Talks and I gave a more incredible TED Talk. You know, like world, number, thought leader, pause. Back to idea. Rhetorical question. You know, it's like that. So when he's saying, when Paul is saying, uh, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, he doesn't mean he got up there and went, you know Jesus Christ. You receive him as Savior. Best I do. Give God glory. You know, it's not like he reverted to being a caveman and like didn't, you know, was not was not speaking intelligible words to him. It's not even that Paul was like a, a dummy. I mean, look, look at the way Paul writes. Now, there is something about his speech that may be there. We're not getting into that today, okay? His eye may have been falling out for all we know, you know, thorn in the flesh, et cetera. Or was it SpongeBob chained to him? We don't know. But the point is that it, Paul is not saying, I, I don't talk too good. Paul is incredible with his words. I mean, we're, we're sitting here, you know, reading them or the English version of them. All right, so... What does he mean by I didn't come to you with sort of persuasive words of wisdom? But instead, he said, a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might be based on human wisdom or God's power. He's saying, I came to you. Here it is. I came to you with upside down kingdom wisdom. Okay. And so he goes on through this. And that's why he starts with, I I preach nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that's why later on it says in verse um, uh, in a verse that I can't find right now, um, it says if they if people would have known, it says this stuff this wisdom has been hidden from people without the spirit of God, and it says because if they would have known this, they would not have crucified Christ. Now you might read that and think, what if they wouldn't have known this? They would have like appreciated if they would have had this wisdom, they would have appreciated Jesus and be like, no, let's not kill him. That's not what that means. At least this is Trevor sitting here off the cuff reading the scripture and journaling in front of you. Okay, to me as I'm as I'm reading that and thinking through the entirety of this passage, what that is actually saying is they would have understood that the the upside down nature of the kingdom of God is that when weakness is exposed and when love gives itself away in weakness instead of in power, that is actually the most powerful thing in the universe. In other words, we would not, it's, uh, sorry, I'm going to have to go Chronicles of Narnia just a minute. Like, you, you know, you go back to, to Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's when, you know, they, 
they don't, Aslan says that the witch doesn't understand that there is a deeper magic. That's what we're talking about here. You know, it's, it's the world doesn't understand that there is a deeper magic in Jesus, to use C.S. Lewis's words, that, that it, to kill him is actually to, to raise him up. Um, I think of, you know, the church father, uh, Tor- Tertullian. Um, uh, church father, is that the opposite of bad daddy's burger bar? You're either a bad daddy or a church father. And we're back. Bad Daddy's Burger Bar. It's actually really good burgers, guys. You should try it out. Anytime a burger place asks you what, what temperature you would like your burger cooked, this back to grilling with Tim. Okay, that's when you know, all right, we're in the real deal. Somebody tell Tim, hey, Tim out there, isn't that true? Like, you, you got to ask what the temperature of the meat's going to be. All right. Okay, that's a little Bad Daddy's Burger Bar. Try them out. Uh, I enjoy the pastrami burger. Uh, lower in calories, but lots of saltiness on there. So if you'd like a kidney stone later. All right. Are we in 1 Corinthians 2 or what? Here we go. Okay, drink lots of water. Uh, living water. Praise God. That's Jesus. And we're back. So the, the, the whole idea here is that it, 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 if they would have known that Christ, that they would have released such power into the world as, it, as in love, you know, that, um, that they wouldn't have done it because they were against him. And that's the way he carries out through this whole thing. Now, look at this, the beautiful intimacy of the verse that we read in verse 10. It is God's, the, the, the Holy Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. And now you have the Holy Spirit living in Christ, by Christ, through Christ, death and resurrection. You have the Holy Spirit living in you, which means you have the knowledge of the depths of God. And then he, he quotes this Old Testament, who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him. Do you know that that quote, when it comes up in the Old Testament, um, which I do believe is, how is it from Isaiah, Jeremiah, Jonah, or one of the, okay, I can't find it right now. Um, but that quote, when it does come up in the, in the Old Testament, it is a rhetorical question. Of course not. Of course. Who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? Ooh, oh, that's a Psalm maybe also. Okay. Um, hang on, my CSB Bible is failing me or my eyes in this tiny print. What good are footnotes? Is it is this a school for ants? Okay. Uh Isaiah forty thirteen. That's what it is. I mean, who is this Bible for? Golly, increase the size print. Trevor, they sell those. I refuse. Like in when Isaiah delivers that. That's a rhetorical, of course no one can instruct God. Of course no one knows the Lord's mind. But Paul answers it in light of Jesus. No, now you have the Holy Spirit. Now we have the mind of Christ. What a beautiful, beautiful truth. What a beautiful truth. All right. How do we apply this? Um, well, one is when you read Jesus' instructions in the Sermon on the Mount, and when you read, you know, um, I, we had Romans 12 in our, in our reading this, this past, um, uh, just a week ago. And, you know, I remember reading in Romans 12, Dustin's sermon from this a couple of weeks, uh, weeks ago included this. It's like, you know, things that are, you know, show hospitality to your enemies, like pray for those who persecute you. Uh, that is spiritual wisdom because it doesn't make sense that, you know, that's not, that's not Ted talk wisdom. That's not, let's manipulate people with wise words. That is wisdom, but it is not the world's wisdom, which means we, with the Spirit's help, we act on those words. We actually do love our enemies. 
We actually do value sacrifice. We actually do give our possessions away. And that makes no sense. We do take the lower seat at the table. We do take a risk when we invite someone in who cannot benefit us. That is what it means to have the mind of Christ. And when you do that, you don't, you're not calculating it anymore with the world's wisdom. Oh no, this is terrible. I have to take a hit. You are calculating whether it was good or not based on the fact that you have the mind of Christ and you can see that it's good. This is good and right and true. And I love this. Does it mean you feel good about it all the time? Jesus didn't feel good about the cross, but you do value it. And that gives you, like it says in this text, glory gives you weight. Who are the weightiest, most glorious, beautiful people that you like? Your life means something. It is people who will sacrifice before they complain. It is people who lay their life down. It is people who take action and give themselves away instead of in passivity wait for someone else to take the reins and give themselves away away so that they can sort of ride the wave of that person's action. That is what we do with the mind of Christ. We live not in the world's wisdom. We don't even try to go toe-to-toe with the world's wisdom. Rather, we have a different wisdom. And you know what this text says? It says, and you will be misunderstood. You'll be misunderstood for that. Because people who aren't equipped with the Spirit will not understand why. But I'll tell you what they will understand. They will see beauty, and they will be attracted to that. And it is that, that the, through that that the Spirit can flow. And so let's now spend a moment in silence and respond to God. Our Heavenly Father, we have the mind of Christ. You have, by your Holy Spirit, mind, different kind of mind, M-I-N-E-D, out the depths of yourself. This is incredible. And then sent it out from yourself when you sent your Holy Spirit. And you have put it into our minds, the church. Incredible. And so now we get to walk in the world upside down. The truth is, you know, it's an upside down kingdom, but it's the world that's upside down. It's your kingdom that's right side up. And we get to walk that. And even as people look at us walking on the ceiling, hello, uh, who's the guy? Lord, who's the guy? I'm praying right now. Lord, who's the guy from the 80s that sang dancing on the ceiling? It's an R. It's an R word. He also sang hello. All right, Lord. Thank you. Lionel Richie. Thank you, Lord. I heard your voice speaking through Jacob. Yeah, like Lionel Richie. I mean, that's what we're, we're, you know, we're walking on the ceiling and people are like, what are you doing up there? And, you know, I think dancing on the ceiling is appropriate, frankly. It's like that's the way your spirit works. It moves us. He moves us. That's what, that's what I want for, for my life and for the life of our people is to be so moved by the Holy Spirit that we just live upside down lives in such a way that people say something about that is weird but it is also beautiful the way that you love the way that you sacrifice the way that you lead the way that you give yourselves away make us that people in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen city church go and multiply the gospel